If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's Deja Vu edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and since there was no singing in this week's Survivor episode, again, either. Uh, Plus, I don't want to risk harm to my co-host, Jessica Lewis, who almost literally fell out of the podcast last week. Well, she didn't listen to the lyrics, and she wasn't ready. (laughs) It really was so entertaining. I only wish someone had been recording me when I heard you rap for the first time, because that was truly incredible. Your singing was great. Not as good as the rapping. However, it all caught me off guard. So, yeah, it was very exciting to see that. So thank you. Thank you for that moment. Yeah. Well, like I said, there won't be any there wasn't any singing this week, but there was plenty of crying Mm. uh, both Mm. on screen and, you know, by by viewers during the the loved (laughs) one challenge. Uh, You know, which we'll we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. And um you know, there was also crying in the RJP community when we saw Tyson voted out again. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I sing again, it might cause even more crying. Yes, that's true. So be careful. Choose your words carefully. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was going to wear my bandana veil again for Tyson. But since then, I've converted it into a face mask for when I go shopping. So I can't mm. do that. My survivor buff has become my face mask when I go shopping. I so. feel like those are too thin. Like you No, you know what you off. do? You put paper towel in between the the buff and your face, and then that's the filter component. Hmm. So that's how it works. Oh, all right. Uh, you mm-hmm. could do an ex- instructional video. I could. <laughs> Anybody out there who has a survivor buff, just ask. Because I, I was reading stuff online about it, and that was the suggestion. And I was like, hey, that's a really great idea. So that's what I do. All right. Well, the the first time Tyson was voted out, you correctly predicted it. And I refused to predict it, even though I was pretty sure it would happen. Yeah. You know, we get to reminisce in that moment. that Jessica was right. That's right. But this time I did correctly predict it. You did. Uh, You did. So, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes I hate it when I'm right. I know. And let me say that this was one of those. Uh, obviously episodes that there's a lot to to kind of parse through, even though there was really only like 25 minutes of actual like scheming and plotting. So we still have a lot to talk about, but yes, you were right this time, David. Okay. Well, just remember that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Now we've, we've been through this once already, uh, but just to say it again, even though Tyson is a member of the RHAP family, that doesn't stop us from treating him the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll once again compare his game to rules I originally wrote way back after season one, have been modifying ever since, looking at all the non-spoiler information available to us from what we saw on TV, CBS All Access, and social media. Uh, the latest version of the rules, of course, is available at robhaswebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the po- in of the rules in poster form yes. at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. Now, we, we announced that just as Rob is donating to Direct Relief, which is an organization that provides protective 
equipment for doctors and nurses. We are donating the proceeds for every poster we sell in April to the same charity. So again, that's tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. Yes, and you will get it in the smaller version, which is behind me. And they are incredible posters, great quality. The color and print is wonderful. The imagery is so fantastic. Eric did a wonderful job. And yes, as long as they keep the post offices open, I will be able to keep shipping those out to you. So, And also, if you are overseas, contact me through Twitter, DM me, and we can work out arrangements to get you the posters. More shipping, but you still get the poster and we'll, we'll make it happen because you can't order it on eBay. If you're if you're international, you can. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Now, in addition to the poster, we have mentioned that we now also have another way to get the rules so that, uh, you know, you can always have them with you. And that is T-shirt form. Uh, Just go to the merchandise store at Rob has a website dot com or Rob has a podcast dot com. Go to the merch link near the top. You can either sort the store so new items are first and these will be right there. Uh, Or I I think that the store defaults to best selling when you first open it. And right now we're there. Uh, So we have both men's and women's T-shirts available. Excellent. Keep it coming. Yes. All right. Now, um, as I said a couple minutes ago, before we get to Tyson, we need to discuss the family visits. Mm. But before we discuss the family visits, I have some survivor related family fun of my own okay uh some listeners who saw this on twitter uh may know that michelle set up a settlers of Catan online quarren tournament this past week (laughs) um i was in it as were my two sons uh before i saw sophie's husband bobby on survivor i met him via zoom on monday uh when he viciously came from behind and took second place from me while josh canfield from blood versus water 2 took first place and two people moved on from each match so i like this viciousness it was vicious it was terrible (laughs) um i also found out in the discussion that we were having that bobby had lived in my little town here for a couple years not too long ago and sophie herself lived here for part of that time jessica nobody from survivor (laughs) is from this town or ever comes to this town apparently there was someone from survivor yes one of my favorite players was here for a significant length of time and i didn't know how did that happen i don't know that's strange i mean is it really that small of a town that you should have missed her well, apparently. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, my town is very small, but you go to Hannaford and everybody sees you and everybody knows you when you go to Hannaford. So I don't know how you and that's the that's to purchase food. I know not everybody has a Hannaford, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you would have run into her at least once. Grocery shopping, getting gas, nothing. I know I didn't. It was. Yes. When I found out, I was distraught. I'm sure you were. <laughs> Maybe she purposely kept herself hidden from you because she was like David Bloomberg. That might hunt be. me down, might be. ask yeah. me too many questions. So might want to take too many selfies with me. I need to avoid. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah, that's definitely it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's what all the survivors worry about when they see you. It's going to want a <laughs> selfie. <laughs> all right. Well, um, in this tournament, um, uh, my son made it to the finals facing off against Tommy Sheehan and DK Chillen as well as Bobby, who made it through Mm. Uh, in the process. He got to play with Mike Holloway twice, Michelle twice, James, Mama C. And he had a blast with everyone. 
uh, Tommy ended up winning the tournament, taking it away from DK Chillen. <laughs> so it was Tommy in first and Dean in second. Where have I, where have I heard that before? Hmm, it seems familiar. Oddly yeah. familiar. Um, but segment on Survivor itself. Uh, this particular one was probably the most meaningful ever to me because we've known these people for so long and I even know some of the loved ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Tyson's wife, Rachel and daughter Bergen. So people are, are not going to believe this is coming from me. I was even okay with the edge segment of the families. <gasps> what? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. See, I have a much different feeling about the family visit episodes. Not because I don't enjoy them. I've always thought that they were really quite sweet. And it's it's one of those things that everybody who plays the game hopes to have that moment with their loved one. And it still pains me when I see them because I was the person who got booted right before the family visit. And we've talked about this before, but my husband was actually in Fiji at the time that I picked that black rock and I was not able to see him. Whereas every season since, so from 33, nope, couldn't see your loved one, even though he was actually in Fiji. 34, they changed that rule and let Zeke see his father uh, when he went on that bump, if you will. And so it's still kind of a painful moment for my husband and I when we sit there and watch these these episodes because... We didn't get even that, hey, you're on the edge of extinction. We're going to let you see your your loved one. You know, I was at Ponderosa and sat there for two days and didn't get to see him. So that that was definitely that's still painful. It's it's certainly very painful because you want to have that moment. And he went all the way out to Fiji and spent more time on the plains getting to California than to Fiji than he did an actual Fiji because he just wanted to leave. He was like, I'm going home. I'm going home as soon as I can. If I can't see her, I'm going home because he was distraught as well. So it's tough. It's definitely tough. Yeah. Well, I think clearly what happened was the producers saw how tough it was for you two. And they said, we cannot have this anymore. We're fixing it from here on out. So, Jessica, you're a game changer. I am a game changer because I do wonder if and not. I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but I actually left tribal council. When I found out that they had the loved ones visit, which they had gotten through the entire tribal council, it wasn't mentioned. And then all of a sudden at the very end, Jeff was like, oh, wait a second, the loved ones visit. And he started to talk about it. And then I just lost it. I started crying and I literally got up and I walked out of tribal council and the producers tried to stop me. And Jeff was like, no, let her go. And I just went and I bawled down at the end of the ramp and just cried for a while. And then I came back when they were. doing the voting, but I definitely threw things off a little bit there. And Jeff was kind enough after that was all done. He came over, he gave me a hug, tried to make me feel better, was, you know, apologetic and confirmed my husband was in Fiji. So there was a lot of, I mean, it was, it was sweet that, that Jeff acknowledged that and took that moment with me, but it was also like a lot to process in that moment. You're like, I am in Fiji. My husband's in Fiji, but we literally cannot see each other. And it really messes with you a little bit at that moment. So I was a little angry, a little angry that day. Yeah. Well, when he said to let it happen, I'm surprised that didn't make TV then, you know. I know. But for whatever reason, they decided not to. So, but who knows? 
But good for the people at the edge that they got to see their right. families. It was really beautiful to watch. They all have such incredible families. So many young ones, which is really fun to see. And such a great memory to have. I mean, and photographs like with there's some really incredible still shots of the survivors with their family members like on the island. And what a great thing to have forever, you know, to have right. that memory with those children as they grow up, especially for these particular survivors who really have this has been such a huge part of their existence for a very, very long time because they are returning players. So to have all of that kind of culminate to a family gathering on the island is pretty special. Yeah. Pretty epic. Yeah. Now, of course, the problem is that half the show was taken up by the loved yes. one visits mm-hmm. when Sophie said the war was happening that night. And so we saw almost none of the preparation for that war. Yeah. Uh, e- even beyond that, because of the loved one's visits, there were no questions from Dalton Ross to Jeff Probst about the strategy of the episode in his weekly interview. And mm-hmm. Jeff Probst really didn't say anything about it in his weekly summary. Yeah. I mean, he had like a nine minute weekly summary and no talk of strategy. Mm-hmm. So not only didn't we get anything on the show, we also lost other sources of information. Yeah. And we also didn't even get anything at Tribal Council <laughs> other right, than a whole because, lot of like scrambling yeah. and whispering and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was all the freaking whispering in tribal council. We had no idea what was going on. Uh, Nick Myrano had a good point on Twitter Saturday saying that when players whisper at camp, producers and camera people get pissed. So it's forbidden. Mm-hmm. And I think you mm-hmm. talked about that last season yes. when we were wondering why certain people were talking so loud at camp. Yes. So if it's forbidden there, why is it okay at tribal council? I completely agree with that because I will say if you want to get a producer angry, you whisper at a volume that they can't hear you so much. So they will call you out on it. Like we would get, I, I've mentioned this before, bopped on the head <laughs> by right. the microphone because they couldn't hear us. And so as soon as you get bopped, everybody around you can go, Oh, there's a conversation happening over there. They're whispering to each other. So they will. I mean, you, you get called out without the producers necessarily wanting to call you out. They don't want to miss it. And that's what they would remind us of when we would have conversations that they couldn't hear. If you went too far in the water and they couldn't hear you, they would just be like, well, now that's not going to be on the show because we don't know what you were saying because we couldn't hear you. We couldn't get to you. So they're very cognizant of this idea that they want to be able to have a fluid story and they want to be able to have that strategy. And if you don't provide it to them, they can't include it. So here we have a tribal council where you literally can't hear anything because everybody's just whispering and they're allowing it. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I suspect the answer is that it's because producers are going for that big surprise that we've criticized before Mm. um, because someone else from the season pointed out they're all mic'd up. They They are are mic'd up at tribal council. And it's funny how they can capture certain whispers. But like when that group went off into the corner there, we Mm. didn't hear anything. Yeah. I don't think that's because they didn't catch anything. I think that's because they didn't want us to know what was about to happen. And that's a good point, because I do wonder how much of it would necessarily be affected by a group huddle with them all being mic'd up. I, I don't imagine that it would negatively affect it. But, yeah, we certainly didn't hear what was happening in that huddle, except maybe one comment about don't tell anybody what we said. Right. <laughs> don't tell the viewers either. Nobody yes. should know. That's yeah, that's the key for the producers. They they yeah. they still like this idea of blindsiding the viewers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look. We're already here. We're 57 minutes into the show. We're not going to leave. Yeah. We're invested at this point. We're definitely invested. Yeah. Uh, So 
All right. Now, one more topic that I want to bring up. Um, and, and, you know, normally I'd feel bad and say, oh, we're taking away the time from uh, the person that we're supposed to be talking about. But, you know, Tyson already had a whole podcast, so mm-hmm. he's getting another one here. So I don't, I don't feel as bad. But <laughs> um, we, we, I've, I've seen some people saying that Sarah shouldn't have been able to play her steal a vote advantage after Jeremy played his safety without power because she had already said she was good. You know, she had said, oh, OK, Jeff, I'm good. But I don't have any problem with what happened mm. because I played lots of games where this is perfectly fine. Uh, in poker, if you say something uh, and then the action changes. So let's say it's not on me, but, it, you know, it's not my turn. Um, but I accidentally think it is and I say something and then the action changes. You're allowed to change what you said. You're not held. Mm. To it. Right. Uh, in other games like Magic the Gathering, uh, there's a card type called an interrupt that you can play after another player has done something. It, it interrupts them. Um, or like in a game Munchkin, which is another card game, uh, I can say, okay, you two, you're in a, a battle. I'm not going to play anything to affect that battle. But then if you play a card that affects that battle, I can now do so in response. Mm-hmm. It's not a situation where it's like, nope, you already said you're not going to do anything. Well, action has changed. Things have changed and now I want to do something. There are many games like that. And that's how I view this. If Jeremy had said he was good after Sarah said she was good, then I think she should have been stuck. You know, and we'll never know. But once he did something to change the action, I think her options were opened back up again. Well, and the thing is, too, this is Survivor, right? And people say things all the time to try to throw people off or to try to get things to happen. And there are very few rules when it comes to situations like this. I know that Survivor is jam packed with with like how the rock draw is going Mm -hmm. to go or how an idol has to be played or, you know, and there's there's the written, you know, um, instructions on a lot of the the advantages that they're finding, like how specific, you know, you can only use this when there's this many players left. So I don't think that there is a rule out there that says who has to go first and and the order of operations. And if by saying something, you're going to spur another person to utilize their advantage, then why not? You know, this is what survivor is. It's supposed to be a game of strategy and it's supposed to be a game of kind of not showing your hand. And unfortunately they both kind of showed their hand at the same time and then wanted to pull it back. But I, I don't think that she should have been locked into now she can't use it because she said she was good. Because I agree with you, something else happened. And Jeremy initially said he was good. I mean, he he didn't even say he was good. They both paused and kind of stopped. Yeah. And then they weren't going to do anything. So I don't disagree, but I do wish it had happened in a different order. I really do. I wish that Sarah had gone first, because I think if Sarah had gone first, they could have absolutely changed everything. I really think it could have because if she had decided to take Jeremy's vote, that's what I would have loved to have seen. Yeah. Now, I do think from what I have uh, seen on social media, it was always the plan to take Denise's vote. Mm, OK. Um, but because remember, Jeremy was the first target. Yes. And you never actually take the vote of your target. Right. Which so, we need to talk about that, too. Right. 
Right. But yeah. So, mm-hmm. so in any case, you were talking about rules. So let's move on to the rules, there but different rules. Uh, so since returning to the game, Tyson was able to dodge the spotlight and uh, stick around for a few votes here. Uh, he would have done it again this time if Jeremy didn't vamoose from tribal council. So what made Tyson the next choice? Uh, what could he have done about it, if anything? It's time to figure out why Tyson lost again. Uh, <laughs> The first and for most important rule talks about the need to scheme and plot. As we detailed in the first podcast this season about Tyson, he certainly knew the importance of this rule and did plenty of it. Heck, he even did it on edge of extinction, secretly getting peanut butter and keeping himself uh, stronger than the others. He continued when he got back into the game because the returnee is often the immediate target. So he had to do everything he could to aim people in another direction. Tyson even said he normally didn't like confusion, but he realized if you create enough confusion, people tend to forget about you. And that's just what happened for a couple votes anyway. Yes. And I do think that him coming back into the game, we saw a different type of strategizing. I do think that Tyson realized very on very early on the the first you know, time he he played, I guess, in this season that he was at the bottom and he needed to kind of switch things up. And he he was managing to switch the target, get it onto somebody else, which was impressive. And that was that was good for him. He saved himself. But I think he came back into the game with more of a hesitancy to try to cause too many moves right away which is not the Tyson that we normally see, but we started to see more of that Tyson develop as the episodes progressed after the merge when he was back in the game. But I do think on the outset, he probably played it very well coming back in because he really would have been the easy, easy vote, easy target coming back from edge. Let's vote him out. And he managed to dodge that entirely. And I just think it was because not only had the game changed, I also think the way he was, handling it changed as well he didn't come back in with this like i'm gonna own it this bravado kind of kind of idea or you know presentation of himself he came back in as a kind of a quiet listening he was very much paying attention to what was going on around him and who people were talking about and got himself involved in some key conversations without causing anyone to be looking at him but looking away from him so it was it was a different tyson but it was still a very smart tyson for sure Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, last time I noted that Tyson was trying to get Tony on board was saving him because the two of them plus others were all big targets who should stick together this time. Well, that was basically still the case, Uh, you know, but as I've said so many times before, no matter how many times big threats talk about keeping each other, one of them always makes the first move to get rid of the the other. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was hoping that these two were going to really kind of stick together. But I do think that Tyson is one of those people that and I know we're going to get there, but he's someone who the way that he plays this game is very it's very thorough. I mean, he really does kind of go through all of his options and he's not someone who you can call a loyal individual playing this game because he's someone who is looking at every avenue and every possibility and trying to shift the game so people look at someone else and not him. So I don't think that he's someone you necessarily want to tie yourself to because to him, I don't think loyalty is very high on the list at all. And what we've seen of Tyson's games, I mean, he's he's someone who's great to work with, 
but he's only going to work with you so long as it's going to benefit him. And so I do think that he and Tony are kind of looking at that very similarly. Like how much can I use this person to benefit myself? And when do I need to cut this person before they cut me? Because they have that same kind of mindset when it comes to that type of bond. Yeah. Yeah. Now there was, there was some talk last week about targeting Tyson before everything happened with Adam this week. He knew he was one of the people on the outs and that was reinforced when Jeremy and Kim pulled him in to talk. So basically the poker alliance eventually did happen. Uh, But, you know, Kim said there were lots of conversations going on that they were not a part of. And she added they didn't have any friends out there. And Tyson agreed. Tyson said the three of them plus Denise and Michelle should be, you know, kind of their squad, which brings up the question of where Michelle came from in that group, uh, because I don't remember seeing her being a part of that group. And unfortunately, we don't know. But clearly something made him feel comfortable with including her. Well, but Michelle and Jeremy had been close for a long time. True. Early on in the game. And I don't know what really happened with that relationship. I mean, they don't seem to be as close as they were. Maybe it was just a matter of that's where they were at the time. And so they were the two that kind of came together. But I do feel like a lot of things are kind of breaking and splitting. And we Denise and Jeremy seemed close and they don't necessarily seem as close anymore. Same with Michelle and Jeremy. And, you know, people talked about Tyson and Tony. You just talked about Tyson mm-hmm. and Tony that were close. So there's a lot of people that are like coming together, but then they're like, nah, not nah, anymore. I'm, right. I'm good. You know, like we went on a couple of dates and we were done kicking it at this point. So, you know, I, but it is interesting that, that there was, there wasn't more emphasis put on that Michelle um, situation, if you will. I mean, I, we didn't, she was mentioned, but we didn't see anybody talk to her until they got to tribal council, which I think is very, it's, it's frustrating because we don't yeah. know what those conversations were. Right. Right. Um, Now, when Tyson arrived uh, back on the edge in a secret scene, he said he scrambled for nine days and you hope people are being sincere with you, but they aren't. Now, I'm not sure if that was a general statement about everybody or he was specifically talking about Michelle, the person in the group who flipped. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, because that whole flipping thing, too, I, I think is very odd that she ended up flipping and voting for Tyson because. I and I could be wrong about this. Well, yeah, well, okay, go ahead. I was just well, say we'll get to that. Yeah, we can certainly hold off on that okay. then. But but I do think that I think that Tyson was probably frustrated at that moment because he oh, was yeah. the 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 individual that ended up being voted for it. I don't know if maybe some of that was animosity towards Jeremy as well, because Jeremy didn't tell him he wasn't going to leave, but I think probably right. gave him some assurances that he would stay because they needed those five people to vote. So I think that perhaps he was maybe a little bit frustrated with Jeremy as well because Jeremy took off and then all of a sudden the votes are on Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as Tyson said on uh, Twitter, I'm not upset, just disappointed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Any parent knows that one and any kid knows that one. So, you know. Oh, that's the worst thing for a parent yes. to say. Yes. yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I would you know wrap this up by saying, uh, you know, last time Tyson was basically out schemed by Yule. This time he was out schemed or just plain outnumbered by Sophie and company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your girl really took control there. Yes. Literally. Let's <laughs> go over here and do this. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Um, 
So, all right. Now, the, the second rule says not to scheme and plot too much. Keep your scheming secret, not to backstab too soon. In his first stint in the game, we noted that Tyson named Sandra as a target and it got back to her. Uh, he didn't make that mistake this time from what we saw. Uh, you were talking about him being more hesitant. Uh, there was a secret scene where he told his wife, Rachel, that what was getting him in trouble was making plans with people because those plans would always get out. So he just stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- indeed, I think that would have been his saving grace if Jeremy hadn't been able to leave tribal council because we saw that Jeremy naming Sarah helped Tony convince her to target him. Yes. I do think that we're seeing that theme happen over and over again this season is as soon as someone name drops, they suddenly make themselves a target. And that is where I think a lot of the hesitancy is coming from. And Tyson obviously explained where his is coming from because there's no one's keeping anyone's secrets either. You know, if you right. tell somebody something, don't be assured that they aren't going to run and tell somebody else what you just told them. And so I do think that Tyson learned that I can't name drop anymore. He did name drop someone else. I think it was last week when he was the one that was talking about Adam, but he got the focus on Adam, but not like we need to vote Adam out. It was just like, Hey, you know, Adam's really able to like pull people together and kind of giving people an idea that maybe we should focus on Adam. So he was approaching it a little bit differently, which I think was good. So it wasn't him making the plans. It was kind of planting that seed. And I do think that that was something he learned because of the first time he got himself voted out. For sure. I also I also think there's a difference between making plans and just taking action. Making plans is like all getting together. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Whereas what Tyson did to Adam basically was he flipped everything around like just before tribal council. It seemed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And caused some serious chaos. Right. Right. But, you know, other than that, I would say Jeremy or I'm sorry, Tyson didn't do too much scheming, more like just enough to keep the target off himself until the target disappeared from tribal council and left him kind of holding the bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. The third rule talks about being flexible. Tyson showed his flexibility in his first time earlier this season uh, and then came back with even more because he knew he needed to do whatever it took to survive. In the chaotic Adam boot episode we were just talking about, we saw Tyson talking to a wide variety of people. So he was willing to work with all of them if they were willing to work with him. And, and it just seems that without Adam there to draw the attention this week, things slipped back into like a more normal situation. Yeah, I agree, because I do think that he's someone who thrives on having that chaos around him. He's very good at figuring out where people are and kind of I I think like kind of like turning the screw a little bit, you know, people are talking like making them think through to get to a plan. I think he's very good at that, the way that he approaches this game. And I don't think that that was happening. I do think that there was a lot of conversations, but unfortunately the only person who would actually kind of put forth an idea was Jeremy and Jeremy was someone who was with him. And so it, I think really made it more difficult for Tyson to do the regular Tyson response and kind of stir the pot a little bit because the person who's name dropping is someone who's supposed to be part of his poker alliance. And that's not going to be good for him, obviously, because that's someone who he needs 
the number because he needs that, you know, he needs that vote. So I do think that this was a different type of circumstance for Tyson to be dealing with than what we've seen Tyson normally thrive in. This is not a, a Tyson, you know, thriving environment for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. We're back. So let's get back to the show. All right. Well, the uh, fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. And just as the first time he was in the game, uh, he didn't have any problems here. Uh, The same was the second time. Obviously, everyone got emotional uh, during the loved one's visit. You know, again. Uh, but he he didn't change up his game plans at all because of it. No, he didn't. It, it is interesting to see Tyson become emotional like that when he's crying. Um, and it's it, I think it's nice because it kind of makes them, you know, makes them all a little more personable. You know, there's someone you can all you can kind of relate to them a little bit yeah. more. And to see him being a dad and and talking to his daughter, it was really quite it was a comedic moment, but it was also a very, very sweet moment. So, yeah, that's. That was sweet to see. Nice to see. But yeah, that's not the Tyson that plays this game for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The fifth rule is all about the social game and reminds players they need to pretend to be nice. While we didn't see a whole lot of Tyson since his return, we certainly didn't see anything suggesting he had a problem here. Yeah, no, I think that Tyson has always been someone who's very personable out there and someone that people can talk to. But I also do think that he's someone that um, like Jeff talked about him in a pregame interview that maniacal and unpredictable, which is not to make him seem not nice, but it's someone that I think can have difficulties connecting with people because if they think you're unpredictable, they might not want to work with you. But Tyson, I don't think ever let that affect his social game. That was more of his strategic game, but he's he's someone you can't help but laugh at and feel like is just a really enjoyable person to be around but you have to always be mindful that he is continuing to scheme and plot while making you smile and laugh at the same time yeah yeah all right uh the six rule warns against being too much of a threat when tony and sarah were talking about who to target sarah wanted to get rid of kim due to her threat level and tony insisted on tyson the the problem for us is that Sarah went through and listed out her reasons for saying Kim was a threat while Tony did not do the same for Tyson. Mm -hmm. So we're left to a situation where we know Tony and the others considered Tyson a threat, but we don't know their exact reasoning. I do think we can put together some pretty good ideas though. Well, I think it, a lot of it comes with your favorite component of edge of extinction. I mean, he is so well liked by all of the people who are sitting on edge of extinction and I know that we talked about this at the beginning of the, not the beginning of this podcast, but the beginning of the season that we didn't think that this is a group of people that would vote for someone who had been on the edge for a majority of the time. If they made it to the final three, that they would vote for that person to win. I feel like there's been a shift and I feel like there's a really strong chance that if someone from the edge of extinction makes it to the final three, that this is a group of people that are going to feel so bonded and so connected and have a a connection with each other that no one else could ever understand because we've heard so much emphasis about how awful the edge of extinction is and how terrible it is. and Nobody wants to be there. And now their families have been there and their families have experienced it with them that I really feel like, Tyson was a huge threat to keep around because of the connections with the people that are on the edge that are then going to be voting at the end. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, 
you know, we've talked about, we don't think there'll be a Chris Underwood situation. You're in the game for way less than you're out of the game. But Tyson would have been back in the game for the majority of the time mm-hmm. by, if he had made it to the end. Right. Um, you know, there's also the argument he's, he even said at some point, I think it was in the uh, secret scene. He said, if he can win his way back into the game and make it to the finals, he knows he can win. Yes. And that is a possibility. If you can be in the game as much as he was, be out of the game as much as he was and get back into the game twice. He will have an argument, uh, you know, depending on who he's up against. Um, Very true. But, you know, for right now, I mean, we'll worry about that in, you know, why Tyson won after losing twice. Um, <laughs> you know, if we have to do that. But, um, <coughs> but you know, his, <clears throat> he had come in with a target we talked about that in the first podcast Mm -hmm. and the target got larger as he was playing coming back into the game didn't make him any less of a threat exactly i mean it was it was reduced somewhat because a couple of his expected allies were on the edge at this point so he couldn't form an alliance with them which is why he was right out the first time but to counter that his threat level went up because of the fact that a couple of his allies were on the edge. Exactly. Uh, turned exactly. to the jury. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and on top of that, he won a competition to get back, which showed his challenge abilities. Yes. And we also should spend some time here just talking about the way that Tyson's mind works in this game and that he knew in order to win the his way back into the game, he was going to need to buy some peanut butter, which I did bring some peanut butter today. See, oh, hey. you're, not the only, you're not the only one with props today. Wow. So, and I even brought a spoon in case you'd you know, be okay with me eating Wait, some peanut butter. What do you mean a spoon? You're supposed to use a shell. I know I don't have a shell with me. I just have my spoon. But, but the fact that Tyson knew enough that he was going to have to kind of go against his allies who are on the edge with him and eat that peanut butter and not share it. Like we're seeing happen with poverty and company where she's actually sharing her jar of peanut butter, giving them all the ability to potentially do well in the challenge. Tyson kept that for himself. And so I feel like Tyson's mindset is the type where I will use my allies as much as I need to, but I will also do things for my own game. And so I do think that Tyson's, ability to take a situation that he's in and utilize it to his benefit and still have the support of the people. I mean, cause nobody knew about the peanut butter. I mean, they know now, but I don't think at the time they knew. So it'll be interesting to see people's responses to that. If he does manage to come back in this game that he had hidden an entire jar of peanut butter and ate it himself <laughs> before that challenge even happened. So I think that that's, I, I think that, his threat level because of edge of extinction certainly went up and the way that he handled himself on the edge also makes his threat level that much more um, higher. If you will. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the next rule is the seventh, which covers idols and advantages and the only advantages Tyson got were peanut butter. (laughs) And of course the, uh, the the one advantage in the return challenge. Uh, He obviously used both of those. Well, yeah. And I do think that he made, the correct call obviously in purchasing an advantage in the return challenge because mm-hmm. it saved him a lot of time and we saw how close that challenge was and obviously i do think the peanut butter helped him too because they're apparently starving on the edge so to have that extra protein and that little boost is huge so i think that both of those components and both of those decisions show that he's very good at playing this game and making decisions that are going to benefit him and make him go further yeah 
All right. Now we're at Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And normally that's what we talk about, the rest of the tribe. Mm -hmm. But I want to go back to last week first. Because in the third rule, I mentioned how Tyson turned the vote on to Adam last week, Mm -hmm. which happened because he thought Adam had too much power in being able to convince everyone to vote Sarah. Looking back, it seems to me that Tyson should have let that vote go through if indeed it was going to be Sarah. And I, I, I have to recognize it's a big if because we didn't see everything. Right. Uh, maybe Tyson flipped it because he knew that there weren't going to be enough votes on Sarah and feared that he could be the target, in which case, never mind all of this. Uh, it's, it's not clear to me how the alliances shook out differently last week compared to this week. But if he could have let the Sarah vote happen, He could, first of all, it would have been better to get someone from that opposing group. And he could have basically used Adam as a shield moving forward. But again, big if we don't know exactly what was happening there, maybe the reason he flipped it. Sarah vote was going to work. Well, and that's an interesting point. I do like that because, um, again, it is a what if scenario. We don't know what would have happened, but I do think that perhaps Tony was part of the reason why he did what he did with the Sarah component of last week's vote, because he knows that Sarah and Tony are close. And maybe he was trying to ingratiate himself into that group by saying, Hey, look, I'm looking out for you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm letting you know that Sarah's a target and maybe his mindset was, I need a large group of people. And right now I have like two. And that's not going to get me anywhere if I only have two people that are in my alliance as opposed to like a group of six. Mm -hmm. So I think that maybe his mindset was if I can show them that I'm with them and I'm looking out for Tony's number two, then maybe Tony will help me out as well. And like we've already discussed, Tony is only going to use you as long as he needs you. And he has decided that Tyson is is no longer needed. So I think that maybe that was his goal. But I do think that in your world, that fantasy world, I like the way that that works out. I think that's I think that's nice. I like that because Adam's still in the game. So that's good. There you go. Yeah. As for the rest of the tribe on this vote, Right now, they should generally be voting out the strong people outside the main alliance, and Tyson certainly fits the bill. Uh, it, the thing was, he wasn't the primary target. That was Jeremy. And we know, we know that that's the case. We already discussed this earlier, because, but you know, the main thing is, if he hadn't been the target, the group wouldn't have needed to reconvene right after he left. Plus, it's been confirmed by a couple of the players, including Jeremy himself on social media. You know, so Jeremy absolutely had the right read on the situation and he was correct to abandon ship. Yes, he left his squad, but he would have been leaving his squad after the vote anyway by heading off to edge of extinction. Exactly. And listen, as someone who has been in that exact circumstance where it's a five and five, if I had had anything that I could have used to protect me like this, I would have. And I still kick myself because I did have the legacy advantage in my bag and wasn't in the correct mindset to think, hey, I could bargain this and maybe get someone's vote because 30 days in, you're not thinking like that anymore. You're just, your brain does not work as fast as you want it to. But I do think that obviously this is the last time Jeremy can use it, but also I don't think that 
anybody can really fault him for making that decision because if he hadn't used it, then what's the discussion going to be? Everyone's going to be saying, oh, why didn't Jeremy use his advantage? You know, he had this advantage. He could have yeah. left and he didn't go. And and I really do feel like in the this day and age with the way that Survivor is being played, and I, I tweeted about this, loyalty will only take you so far. And this is not a season where loyalty matters a whole lot. The alliances shift so quickly. We've seen so many people who are together one week. They're not together the next. They're working together again the next week that I don't think that Jeremy really needs to worry about really offending the people in his group because they're probably going to be like, well, Jeremy, I don't blame you. You know, I really don't blame you right. because you saved yourself and you were the target. And once the steal a vote happened as well, I mean, then they're really done. So if, even if he had stayed, they're still going to avoid the five five because there's a steal a vote. So Jeremy stays. She does a steal a vote. And then guess what? Jeremy is done because now they have a steal a vote and they're going to have the majority. And Jeremy goes home with an advantage in his pocket. So I don't fault him for one second. This is not a game about loyalty. This is a game about two million dollars. And if you have an opportunity to save yourself. Take it, take yeah. it yeah. in a if, second. If he had not taken it, the number of times that his clip of these guys are so dumb, the, the number of times that would have been played aimed at him. Yeah. I, I can't even count that high. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So he definitely made the right move there. Uh, now, after Jeremy left, we saw the main alliance gather up and decide what to do. I was originally thinking that Tyson must have been the secondary target who was already under discussion because otherwise I didn't know how Michelle would have known to vote for him. But then I heard from RHAP patrons, uh, Mike and Justin about Nick doing a Twitch stream while playing a computer game. And no, it wasn't the Catan tournament. I was not there. I, you know, I heard about the second hand. Um, now during that stream, Nick said he thinks Sarah told Michelle. And, you know, my first thought was, when could Sarah have told her? I went back through the tribal council. I had actually done this before I heard about the Twitch stream and specifically watched Michelle to see if there was any sign I could see of how she knew to vote Tyson. And, you know, I was trying to interpret every little look that she gave. But at the end of the group meeting, that which she was left out of, Michelle was standing up and looked like she was facing them. And then, poof, everyone was seated. It, you know, there was this jump cut. Mm. And, well, what happened in those missing moments? You know, Sarah said, don't tell anyone. And then they were all sitting down. Uh, did she get a signal? Is that when Sarah or whoever told her? That's the only thing I can think of. And it was also pretty much what I figured happened even before I heard, you know, about the Twitch scream, stream, not scream, uh, which, which helped to clarify. Uh, a, a Twitch scream would be a whole different thing. Just someone on <laughs> Twitch screaming and probably, probably there's a Twitch channel for that, but, probably. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, someone clearly told her, maybe it was Sarah, maybe it was someone else. Um, someone must've signaled to her. Well, this and, is what I'm yeah. trying to figure out too, though, is, and I mentioned this previously and you said we were going to get there. So mm -hmm. how much time did Kim and company spend with Michelle? Because I thought it was very interesting that tribal council begins and immediately Kim is in Michelle's ear. Oh yeah, Like immediately. And it's one of those situations where there was no reason for it. And, and Jeff even asked Kim about it. And she's like, well, because you don't always know where people are at. And, 
And if if you walk in and you know that there, it's five five, at least it's supposed to be five five. At what point was Michelle spoken to, and who was Michelle spoken to? We didn't see any clips of Michelle being talked to by either group before they went to tribal council. So there's a very real possibility that Michelle walked into that tribal council having had conversations with Sarah or Sophie, and maybe Tyson was the backup vote just in case someone plays mm-hmm. an idol. We want to have a backup. So Tyson's going to be the backup. So Michelle, you vote for Tyson and this person, you know, and, and maybe they didn't tell Michelle who the other person was going to be, but that's how the split, you know, she was the one that was going to vote for Tyson. And then when she gets into tribal council, suddenly she's excluded from that group. I don't know why, but maybe there was a reason for it. And then she's, but prior to that, she's being spoken to by Kim and Kim is in her ear. So I don't know if it was just a matter of Michelle being, really confused as to what the hell was going on because she walked in thinking I'm voting for Tyson because I'm part of this group, but then they're excluding me and Kim is whispering in my ear. I don't, I mean, did you see her when she voted? She was like, she really yeah. kind of just put it out like, so, I mean, it might've just been one of those situations where she was just as confused as all of us were. And that was the only real name that she had been given outside of tribal council, because we've said how many times tribal council is never live. People don't change their votes, right? That's well, what we've in, talked about. I mean, in this case, they had to because well, right, Jeremy right. disappeared. Exactly. And so, so, but maybe she's going into it with this mindset that like, maybe she was never told Jeremy's name because if she and Jeremy were close, which mm. they appeared to be, maybe no one ever said to Michelle, Jeremy is the target. It's a very, Tyson's the a, backup. Yeah, It's a very good point. See? Oh, I like it when I get that yeah. from you. So I'm curious if maybe that's well, what I'm, happened. Well, is that you use, oh, I'll write it down on your scorecard. <laughs> yes, I get another one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, just one. But I, I'm curious if that's what ended up happening is that she had no idea that Jeremy was the actual target. She was another number for that group of five. She was the sixth, and that they told her Tyson. And that was the only actual name that she had going in. And yeah. if that's the only name you've got going in, then why is there mass confusion when Jeremy walks out in Michelle's mind? Because she's, right thinking, well, Tyson's still here. What are we talking about? I don't know. Yeah, that could be. Now, I also think it's possible, like you said, that, it, you know, she was never going to vote with Kim's group, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, that she would, uh, because a, a different patron noted on one of the call-in shows with Rob that Sophie said she wanted Sarah to use the vote steal just in case all five of the others actually vote together. Mm-hmm. suggesting that she believed they weren't necessarily going to vote together. So Sophie may have known that Michelle was a mole, but they still questioned which side she was on. For sure. Yeah, I, I do think that that's a very strong possibility because Michelle has almost been a floater. I, she's been connected to Jeremy. She was connected to Wendell, but she she was connected to poverty, but she's kind of been all over the place and doesn't seem to have a solid group of people that she's working with or even a solid number two. And so I think that for Sophie, someone like Michelle is a number and she can go to Michelle and say, listen, you don't really have like a, a, you know, tight group here. We are a group come and join us. And this is what we're doing. And then that's one more benefit that Sophie can get from 
Michelle, because when you have a potential five, five, you don't want there to be a tie, which is why Sophie wanted the steal vote to be used. So if you can eliminate a five, five, who are you going to go look for? You're going to go look for those outliers. You're certainly not going to go talk to Kim and Tyson and Jeremy, who are the poker Alliance. You're going to talk to the other people who are part of that five. And Michelle is one of those five. So I do think that there she out of all of that group, she was the one they were going to talk to. You're not going to talk to Denise because Denise played an idol for Jeremy. So, you know, there's this th- she's the one person that you can kind of pluck out of that group and go, maybe she'll be our number. Yeah. Yeah. Now, whether there was a mole or not, we're still left with some confusing results on both sides of the vote. Because first we had Tyson get four votes from the majority group while Denise got only two. Why wouldn't they split it 3-3? This has been a question going through everyone's minds, every podcast, every analysis piece. Because if Michelle had voted with Kim's group and they had done you know, a 3-3 split, then it would have been 3-3-3. The majority would have won the tiebreaker, no matter who Kim used the idol on. Okay? Making it 4-2 means if Michelle had voted Sophie and Kim had properly used the idol on Tyson, Sophie would have had her torch snuffed. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, why would they do this? This is wrong. Why, why were they doing this? I think what happened in the heat of the moment, someone forgot they were supposed to vote for Denise. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. They were like, well, you do this and you do that. And, and da, 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 da. I think someone just forgot and messed up. I agree. I do. Because there's, there's no other way to calculate. I mean, I was actually looking at it to see if maybe maybe the Tyson vote by Michelle was some creative math that she was doing in her head, thinking that she would throw things off if she threw a vote on Tyson, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to follow all of the other plans that were that were transpiring. But it didn't make any sense because Tyson was in that five that she was potentially voting with. And so it all seemed a little bit strange. But I do think that that's ultimately probably what happened because you've you've got the vote steal that's being used. So clearly Sarah's going to vote for each of the two options, but I do think someone just probably got confused. (laughs) You just look at who voted for who someone probably just wrote the wrong name down that there was some, you know, like the, you vote for this person, you vote for that person and someone, I mean, you're, you're in a little group, you're talking, people are going to get confused. So I'm sure that's probably what happened. Yeah. Now, There is also another question on the other side, and that is why Kim played the idol on Denise, because if the majority had played it right, there was no way Kim's side could win the vote. And Mm -hmm. Kim should have been smart enough to know that. So the choices should have been either don't use the idol if you're damn sure you're safe or use it on yourself if you're not 100 percent certain. I don't know how she could have been 100% certain given Jeremy's disappearing act and the change on the fly. But even if she was using it on Denise was the wrong thing to do. Well, but here's another thought, too, though. If you if you kind of look at what information do people know, Sophie knows that Kim has an idol, right? Mm -hmm. So she's going to be mindful of that. And in that type of situation, I think Sophie is smart enough to realize that if it is so chaotic and you have an idol, you're going to play it on yourself just because you're going to pull a Jeremy move kind of thing. Like if I can protect myself amongst this chaos, that's what I'm going to do. So I think that perhaps that was the read is that we don't want to vote at Kim because Kim has an idol and Kim will likely play it for herself just because this is a lot of chaos. There's a lot of whispering. And that might have also been part of the show. 
let's throw Kim off and make Kim think that, you know, potentially, you know, we don't know who the target's going to be really all along. We know who it's going to be just to get her to play the idol. She'll play it on herself, but there will be no votes on Kim. And then the other problem I have with the, with Kim choosing to use it on Denise is the, the steal a vote because that had already happened. So you'd already had Denise's vote stolen Mm -hmm. and you don't want to use the idol on the person whose vote is stolen because if you end up in a situation like they're not going to want to take Denise's vote if Denise is the target, because if you end up in a tie situation and if Denise is part of that tie, you don't get Denise's vote anymore. So you lose that second vote. So it would have been silly for them to be stealing her vote but then planning to vote her out because you want her vote to count. You want to be able to utilize that if we get into a tie situation. And so, but again, I don't know, would you, would you lose that extra vote if all of a sudden Denise is the other half of the tie? That's interesting. You would. Okay. So it, so it seems like there was, I understand the idea that we're, that Kim not use it on herself if she was, aware that Sophie knows I have an idol and Sophie might be thinking that I want to play it for myself. And Kim was very aware of, I need to play it on the right person. But I, I mean, I do think that the steal of vote might have shown their hand that Denise wasn't going to be the target. And so maybe the, the idol should have been played for somebody else. Well, but who, I mean, it goes back to if they had played it right, which she couldn't have expected them to mess up the numbers for sure. So if they had played it right, someone from Kim's alliance was always going to go. There was no other option. They were splitting the vote. Whoever had the idol was safe. Whoever didn't was not. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So why use it at all? If you're 100% certain that you're not the target, then there's no reason to use it at all because it does not help you. One of your allies is going home. You are simply choosing which of them. Right. But. Also, Kim might have been thinking they aren't going to be splitting the votes. I mean, it, it in that moment when there's so many things happening and there's so many computations going on in your head as to what could happen if if this person is gone now, Jeremy's gone. And so you have to kind of reconfigure. And I think that Kim probably was blinded by the idea of having to play that idol because she talked about it a lot. Yeah. We saw it in multiple conversations that she was going to play the idol. She told Denise, I'm not playing it on myself. I'm going to play it on somebody else. So I think she kind of locked herself into this idea that I'm going to play this idol regardless of what transpires without actually going through that computation that if I play it and it ends up in a tie, then one of my people is going home anyway, because I think she probably just assumed I'm playing the idol and they're all going to vote for one person. So I have to pick the right person. Who are they going to put all their votes on and not thinking that they were going to split the vote? Because I honestly was wondering, well, why is Sarah even using this deal of vote knowing that Jeremy is now gone. And that probably should have given Kim some indication that they were going to split the vote because there's no reason for her to do a steal a vote at that point. Absolutely none. And so that should have been a trigger for Kim to say, well, wait a second, that's silly. So that means they're splitting the vote. So I don't need to use my idol. But again, you're 24 days in at that point, your brain is not working as fast as you would probably like it to. And that might not have been what Kim was thinking in that very moment. It helps yeah, when you're sitting yeah. on the couch eating, you know, peanut butter. <laughs> you're, like, you're thinking much more, much more clear. Yeah. 
All right. Well, it's about time to wrap things up. So uh, why don't you go ahead and let us know your final thoughts? Well, we've done this once before, right? (laughs) I should have just played what I said before about Tyson. But I do think that um, the same applies. Tyson is someone who going into this game was thought to be a huge threat to win. Multiple people talked about Tyson because Tyson is very his he's a dynamic personality and he's someone that you want to talk to you want to hang out with he's really likable but he's also very good at this game this has been his life really and he talks about that very openly how survivor has been his life he's telling his daughter this is my job this is what i do you yeah, know so, my, I mean, these are my work clothes <laughs> this is my work clothes and and so i think that tyson is someone who was seen as a threat coming into this game before it even started. He was someone that they referenced early on as a potential vote, and he just managed to get the the focus on someone else instead of himself right at the onset. So I think Tyson realized he was going to be in trouble with this group of people because he was being targeted very early. So the fact that he won his way back in, phenomenal for him, but it's it's not a shocker that he became a focal point again. And we thought, and you thought more than I, that he would be that vote coming immediately after the merge, he would be the easy vote. But with this group of people, I think they all knew that Tyson was always going to be the easy vote at some point. And so we'll get to Tyson when we need to, because everyone will agree Tyson's going to have to go back to the edge, which I think is what happened here. Everyone agreed that Tyson had to go back to the edge because he was still such a threat to win this game for additional reasons, not just the reasons that he had coming into the game, but those reasons who are now sitting on the edge and in the jury box. So I think that the focal point or the focus of Tyson came around sooner than Tyson probably wanted. And I think sooner than that group of people necessarily wanted because Jeremy was the first choice and Tyson was the backup. Unfortunately, the first choice walked out of tribal council. And so Tyson became the first choice. So I don't think that there was much Tyson could have done other than try to infiltrate that group. But I think that group of people that he was playing against is also very good at this game. And they understand keeping Tyson around is not going to benefit them. So they better hope that he doesn't win again and come back because if he (laughs) does, they better vote him out real quick again because they're going to be in a lot of trouble. So I think really it comes down to just Tyson's ability to play this game so well. And he's definitely a threat to win. Yeah. Yeah. In in Tyson's first go around, I said he was hit with a double whammy of having some circumstances, at least partially outside his control and also being outplayed. He was a threat coming in. And initially that threat level was inflated by Ewell, while Tyson was unable to successfully counteract the attack. He was certainly a threat coming back from the edge as well. He did well to dodge that label enough for the first two votes after his return. But nobody ever forgot that he had won a difficult challenge to get back in the game. And of course, there were all his friends on the edge of extinction jury. Tyson schemed and plotted to keep the target off himself, but it was probably even more of an uphill battle than it was the first time. The other side didn't plan on getting rid of him in this particular vote, but they most certainly did plan on getting rid of him at some point soon. Jeremy leaving tribal council just moved Tyson one spot up in line. And he once again found himself outgunned and in a position he he just couldn't get out of. And that is why Tyson lost again. 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 Uh, boy, if we have to do this a third time, Lord, like if he comes back and then gets voted out. Again. My goodness. Well, if that happens. It'll be part of the all the whole why blank one and these other people lost again. That's true. You know, That's true. But, that is true. Yeah. Uh, so, 
All right. Before we get to our predictions, I want to remind everyone uh, that the rules we just discussed are now available in both poster and hold on. Let me get my property t-shirt form uh, <laughs> for the shirt. Go to Rob or Rob has and click on the merch link. Then uh, look at the newer items first for the poster. Go to tinyurl.com slash David rules poster two. And remember that we'll be donating the proceeds of every poster we sell this month. Yes. And we've been doing quite well with that. So thank you to everyone who has purchased one thus far. It'll be wonderful to send that money along and keep ordering the good yes. stuff. All right. Predictions. Mm. Yes. Earlier, I mentioned that no matter how many times big threats talk about keeping each other, one of them always makes the first move to get rid of the others. Mm -hmm. And then the domino effect hits, knocking out one big threat after another. Yep. In theory, this would mean somebody like Tony would be the next to go. And the preview had Tony playing double agent, running around like, well, like Tony. Um, you know, clearly we are meant to believe he's next. But I think you know where I'm going here. Nah, he's not. <laughs> yes. Under Hubicki's law, he's got to be safe. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. So Tony also tells Jeremy that everyone is gunning for him, which makes me think Jeremy is safe as well. Though, considering he was the primary target this time, about the only way I can think of that Jeremy would be safe is if Jeremy wins immunity. Mm-hmm. Well... Um, is that who you're saying is going to go? No, no, no. Because I think he's huh? going to win a meeting. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, so, I want to so get my comes, peanut butter ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it comes down to who isn't safe. Mm -hmm. Well, there's the woman who used her immunity idol. And we spent a long time discussing whether she should have. Yeah. And she was being talked about by Sarah as being a big threat. And Sarah was very unhappy that no one would listen to her. Yeah, that would be Kim. With all of that in mind. I'm predicting Kim gets voted out next. Hmm. That's interesting. I had a much different thought going into all of this. Because I don't think that's a bad theory. Uh, but again, this is a game that everything, everything seems to be shifting a lot very yes. quickly. And I find it fascinating that the Sarah-Sophie duo has lasted as long as they have. And I think after last week's Tribal Council, People might be looking at those two going, hmm, wait a second, because what did Sophie kind of turn into at that tribal council? A boss. <laughs> exactly. She was like, let's go talk over there. And so I do think that there might be some eyes kind of looking in that direction, not only because, um, you know, that Sophie did that, but also Sophie has an idol. Sarah knows that Sophie has an idol. And I think Sarah is the type of person who we've seen before. She'll cut her friends. You She's, better not be going where I think you're going here. I'm, I might be going where, where you don't want me to be going because Sarah, what they have been talking about this throughout this season about the type of game that Sarah played in game changers. And she really is willing to cut you. She's willing to cut her friends. And although she has this connection to Sophie, she and Tony seem to be more close than than she and Sophie in parts of this game. But it does sound like she's trying to keep Tony out of this. You know, don't tell Tony this, you know, as far as Tony's concerned, this is what we're doing. But I really do think that there's going to be some wrangling occurring and that people are going to be targeting Sophie. I think that, and I love Sophie, 
But I do think that she has made it very far in this game, playing a very incredible game. But I think she just shined that light on herself that we talk about so often and how she kind of took control at that tribal council. And I don't I don't put it past Sarah to be like, we got to get rid of her now while we still have a chance. I don't know. And she can use Kim as a vote to potentially get there. She could use Denise as a vote to get there. And Jeremy, it's possible. Well, Sarah better not do that or she's off my list. <laughs> not sure what list it is, but she's off. I was going to say, what is this list? Consist I, I don't know. <laughs> so that's my thought. Okay. All right. So Kim or Sophie, uh, mm -hmm. it'll be, all right, we'll see. So as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Um, you know, as we know, Rob is, you know, for every patron who joins now, he's donating their April uh, subscription to uh, direct relief. And, uh, and he is matching that donation. He's already sent in. I, I don't even know how much money I, I I've lost track of how much money it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, so if you've been thinking about joining now is definitely the time. Uh, once you join, you'll see that Rob does, you know, all at least nine patron only call in shows a month, plus a weekly uh, question and answer show with his wife, Nicole. Uh, there are several shows that have been live streaming to the patrons and there are discounts and first access to live show tickets when we can all leave our house again. So I'm wearing this. I don't know if you noticed that. Ah, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Philadelphia shirt, because. Uh, Philadelphia uh, Know-It-Alls Live was almost exactly a year ago. It happened, you know, year anniversary was uh, this week. Mm -hmm. um, we had we had a blast there. It was a great time. Good time. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, again, when, you know, there are discounts and first access when when those things happen. In the meantime, there's the Facebook group uh, to keep you occupied with a great community of people including both of us. And uh, you, you talk about Survivor, uh, upcoming Amazing Race, which is going to be starting at the end of the Survivor season, uh, or just life in general. Uh, remember to go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello to both of us. You absolutely should. It is a wonderful community, wonderful group of people, and a true group of people that love these television shows. And if you really want to be able to talk to them about all the things that you love, then this is the group to join. And also the benefits for becoming a patron really are huge because I think at most of the shows that Rob does, I'm pretty sure the patrons like just buy all the tickets, like and yeah, nobody else them, gets yes. to go. Yes. So, so yeah. So if you want a chance to go there and, you know, meet survivors or meet other people who are doing podcasting or just meet the community, this is, this is the way to do it. It's a great, great opportunity. You should also Follow us on Twitter. I am at JessicaLewis89 and David is at David Bloomberg. And you should follow both of us to get both sides of the conversation. We also both live tweet every Wednesday during the Survivor episodes. And throughout the week, we also tweet about the show. So that is JessicaLewis89 and David Bloomberg or at David Bloomberg and at JessicaLewis89. All these, you know, have to yes. include all of those things. But yeah, That's so right. follow us on Twitter as well. All right. We need a hashtag. And uh, I, I did not think of anything uh, until I saw your peanut butter. And so I, I think uh, peanut butter scheming. Peanut butter again. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think well, that's, you know, that was his scheming. 
Yes, peanut butter. So either scheming. peanut butter scheming or PB scheming. One of the two. Yeah, I think that's good. I like that. That's good. All right. And of course, there's a hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YX Lost. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, everybody, to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhaspodcast.com slash survivor or just go to your favorite podcatcher on your phone. Uh, we are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed in both places. You can find great content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, the B and B this weekend survivor and much more. There are so many great things out there and we need to say thank you so much to Scott St. Pierre for doing all of the editing on this wide length loss podcast, both the video and audio. So you have some options now you can either see us or just listen to us if you don't want to see us, but thank you Scott for all the wonderful editing you do on that. And also thanks to Will from America for the theme song that you only hear on the audio version, but thank you. That is a wonderful song. And unfortunately we don't have David Bloomberg singing this week, so there's no replacement. However, it is a great tune. So that is on the audio version. So thank you, Will for that. And thanks David for another episode and for doing this again about Tyson. Yes. Yes. (sighs) Well, you know, we'll, we'll see if we have to do anything a third time, but for now, uh, yeah, this, this should wrap it up for him. Uh, but yes, thank you for a, another great week and, um, we will see everyone in a week. Yes. And I'm going to eat some peanut butter now. You're going to eat some <laughs> peanut butter now. Oh, oh, it smells so good. I've been waiting to eat it. So I'll eat some peanut butter. All right. Okay. Uh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> now I threw you All off. Right. All right. That's right. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules And they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost